All right, good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sermon Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer around God's Word. It is Thursday, March 3rd, 2022, and this is our Congregation of Prayer, a Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer around God's Word. Come to you each day at 9 a.m., apart from Sundays, where we have Divine Service at 9.30, and uh, we pray through God's Word, confessing the faith, um, learning the Psalms, etc., etc. All right. Um, thanks to all of you who joined us last evening. It was lovely. I have such a great crowd come out uh, for Ash Wednesday. Hopefully, the meal was uh, pleasant as well. Thanks to Don and Karen for that. Um, and of course, you can join us again next week uh, for a continuation of our um, Lenten midweek services, again, a meal, and then um, service at 7 p.m., I think. I think that should cover everything. All right. Uh, Anything else? Nope. I don't think so. So let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, let's say our memory verse for this week. Whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 27. All right, our psalm this week is Psalm 148. Praise the Lord, praise him from the heavens, praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels, praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon, praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. And he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree, and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind, fulfilling his word. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, we jump back to 1 Peter for our first reading, continuing where we left off on Tuesday. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is, a, which is to try you, as though some strange thing is happening to you, or happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. 
Let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a busybody in other people's matters. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God, and it begins and if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him who oh, to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. All right, I need to copy and paste that because it's uh, very important. Verse 17. All right, we're going to see this with Daniel, with the vision that Daniel has. Um, Christians living in this world, I think we often get caught up in in all of the utopian fervor um, of the of really the godless around us who think that they can live apart from God um, and that they can create a little heaven on earth without Jesus. All right, we'll hear about this more on Sunday with um, Satan's own temptations of Jesus. All right. Um, but their judgment is coming, and that judgment will first happen on us and then on the rest of the world, right? Which is what uh, St. Peter says here, chapter 17. And uh, we look around and say, why is this happening to us? And uh, Peter wants to remind us, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, right? What we're experiencing now isn't strange. We don't like it. It is certainly trial, right? But recognize that we are given to suffer in the way that Christ suffered, to be rejected by men, to be uh, acquainted with grief, right? Uh, to, to even to die for the sake of the truth, all right? But uh, Peter wants to remind us that that actually is glory. Hmm. So suffer according to the will of God and committing their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator, right? And doing good means to be faithful unto the end, to speak the truth and love to those who like it and like it not. All right, that's the key. All right, our reading then for catechesis is from Daniel chapter 7. In the first year of King Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head while on his bed. Then he wrote down the dream, telling the main facts. Daniel spoke, saying, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four heavens, or winds of heaven, were stirring up the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea, each different from the other. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I watched till its wings were plucked off and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand on two feet like a man and a man's heart was given to it. And suddenly another beast, a second like a bear, it was raised up on one side and had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And they said thus to it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I looked and there was another like a leopard which had on its back four wings of a bird the beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out of by the roots. And there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and mouth, speaking pompous words. I watched till thrones were put in place and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow and the hair of his head was like pure wool. 
His throne was a fiery flame and its wheels a burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him, and thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were opened. I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking. I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As for the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory in a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit within my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near to those, to one of those who stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. Those great beasts, which are four, are four kings which arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Then I wished to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, with its teeth of iron and its nails of bronze, which devoured broken pieces and trampled the residue with its feet, and the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn which came up, before which three fell, namely, that horn which had eyes and a mouth which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. I was watching and the same horn was making war against the saints prevailing against them, until the Ancient of Days came, a judgment that was made in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom, which shall be different than from all other kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, trample it, and break it in pieces. The ten horns are the ten kings, who shall arise from this kingdom, and another shall arise after them, he shall be different from the first ones, and shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and a times, and times and half a time. But the court shall be seated, and they shall take away his dominion. They shall consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. This is the end of the account. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly troubled me, and my countenance changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. <laughs> all right. Uh, I spent about 15 minutes on this with the children, and we just uh, had to agree to just move on. <laughs> so much to cover, so much detail. All right, but I have priorities here. Mm, coffee by Gillespie. It's Guatemala. Um, oh, before we do that, I should greet you all. Good to have you. I see Grace, Lori, Don and Karen, Michael, uh, Karen, Chris, Gus and Eileen. It's good to have you all with us here today. All right. Uh, We've got a time note here. When did this vision occur? We're kind of backing up a little bit because we're still Babylon. The first year of Belshazzar. Remember Belshazzar? Belshazzar, king of Babylon. He was the son of Nebuchadnezzar. Remember how Belshazzar's kingdom ended um, and also Babylon's reign. Yeah, it was that whole uh, drunken feast, right? With the the bowls and cups from 
from the temple. Opposite the lampstand, many, many tekel upsarin <laughs> have been weighed in the scales and found wanting. All right, so that's Belshazzar, the same king. So we're backing up a little bit here. Uh, but now Daniel's recording for us the visions that he's had. How many wins does Daniel see? Uh, oh, he wrote it down. That's another key, right? So that we know it. Yeah, four winds stirring up the great sea. All right, the number four, we've talked about this before. What does it symbolize in the scriptures? Almost universally. Yeah, four winds are the four. Four uh, symbolizes the the earth, right? Uh, the four corners of the earth, if you're a flat earther, I suppose. Uh, four cardinal directions, if you're a round earth. Um, the gospel that is to be preached to the ends of the earth, which the Bible talks about, again. <laughs> um, you go one direction, you're eventually going to come back back around on the other in the opposite direction, right? Okay, but regardless, that's how uh, scriptures speak. So four is the cardinal directions. It's um, symbolizing the whole earth, right? Um, how many beasts does Daniel see coming out of the Great Sea? Great Sea being the Mediterranean, by the way. Um, that would be the four beasts, right? All right, so the first beast is described as a lion with eagle's wings, right? What happened to that beast? See that in verse 4, right? I watched till its wings were plucked off, torn off, and it was lifted from the ground, given to stand on two feet like a man, and the heart of man was given to it. All right, uh, a little bit obtuse, but there you go. Then we have a second beast coming after it, right? This one is a, a bear, raised up on one side with three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, right? And what was the beast told? Arise, devour much flesh, right? Fill, get your fill of flesh. Right? Then we have a third beast. This one is, verse six, a leopard, right? With four wings on its back and four heads, right? We can go back to the uh, title frame. You'll see it there. There's the leopard with the four, four heads, <laughs> all right? At least an attempt at <laughs> picturing it, right? All right. Um, the leopard, was what was given to that beast? Dominion, right? It's given to be king. Um, then we have the fourth beast, right? And how's the fourth beast described? Different than the other three, right? And really, Daniel doesn't focus too much on the other three. But the fourth, in order, is dreadful, terrifying. Um, it's different. It has iron teeth, teeth made of iron, right? Mechanical. What is it doing? It's crushing and devouring its victims, trampling underfoot whatever was left, right? And it had, interestingly, ten horns. All right, then what happened while Daniel was thinking about the ten horns? Yeah, another horn, a little one, came up among them, right? And then it displaced the um, three of the first ten, right? Okay, we're just getting all the details here, and then we'll talk about maybe what it means. Um, that one horn, that little horn that displaced three horns, um, is different than the rest. You just imagine this beast with a horn that then a little horn comes up and then it has eyes and a mouth and it speaks. <laughs> but it's attached to the beast. Okay. Um, who took, now, and we just kind of move sidelines. So there's this beast, right? Imagine the fourth beast and the other three beasts uh, under it, behind it, I suppose, now at this point. All right. Now we shift vision, right? What do we see next? It takes place on the thrones as Daniel watches. You know, Daniel's a watcher here. This is key. Um, the Ancient of Days. The Ancient of Days, right? Um, the Ancient of Days, we know who that is. Well, because we have, in verse 13, we have one like the Son of Man coming to him, right? Returning to him on the clouds. <laughs> yeah, that would be, um, well, that would make the Ancient of Days the Father, right? Yeah, I think that interpretation is pretty well universal. 
Um, how is he described, the Ancient of Days? Clothing is white as snow, hair is white like wool. Uh, what about the throne? Flaming with fire. Uh, has The throne has wheels on it, burning with fire. Burning fire. There's even a river of fire um, issuing forth from before him. Right? Not water, but fire. Right? Judgment. Uh, who is around the throne? Thousand, thousand, ten thousand times ten thousand. What is that? That would be, uh, doing the math here, that's a hundred million. <laughs> that's a big number. All right. What happened when the court was seated? Yep, the books were opened, right? And uh, the court was seated, the books were opened. Good. So we got a scene of judgment. But the beast, right, tries to make defense of himself, I suppose, right? And speaks boastfully, it says here, pompous words. But what happens to it? It was slain and its body cast into the fire. Judgment. Mm -hmm. What happened to the other beasts? Right? Their dominion is taken away. They're stripped of their authority. right? But they are allowed to live for a while. All right? So after the collapse of the great beast, the other kingdoms will persist for a time. Right? And then finally, verse 13, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. Right? Uh, notice, this helps us with the interpretation who the son, one like the Son of Man is. We have the promise, right? To him it was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. That should sound familiar. Of course, you know something similar from Revelation, multiple times in Revelation, John's apocalypse, his vision of the same events in the New Testament. But think of um, the promise made in Second Samuel... Chapter 7, God's covenant with David. Uh, how about this? Verse 11, chapter 7, verse 11 of 2 Samuel. Um, this is Nathan speaking to David. Since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused you to rest from your enemies, also the Lord tells you what he will make, or that he will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you, who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. All right. So, yes, this is the Davidic son who is the son of one like the son of man, but who comes before the ancient of days as his own son, right? So that tells you who it is. Jesus. If you don't believe me, <laughs> how about Mark's gospel? Uh, Mark 14. This is uh, during Holy Week. Here we go. And the high priest stood up in, the, in uh, the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Do you answer nothing? What is it that these men testify against you? But he kept silent and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him, saying to him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Uh, and the high priest tore his clothes and said, What further need do we have of witnesses? Right? Now Matthew and Luke also record that same thing. But uh, one, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power, the Ancient of Days, and coming with the clouds of heaven. Yeah, Jesus says this is him. <laughs> All right, this is a vision of his 
uh, return after the ascension. How did Daniel determine the meaning of the vision, though? Right, He's pre-incarnate Christ here at this point. Yeah, he asked another one who was standing before the throne. All right. All right. And then that one tells him. So uh, how does Daniel, how is Daniel given to interpret these visions? Well, God gives him a messenger to interpret the visions, right? Who are the, or what are the four beasts, I should say? He tells us four kingdoms um, that would rise from the earth. And who receives and possesses the kingdom? Ultimately, the kingdom is possessed by the saints, right? Um, the saints of the Most High will receive it and possess it forever. Um, we learn a little bit more about the pompous words, the, the boastfulness of um, the horn. We see that in verse 21 and 22, right? Yeah, that horn it was waging war against the saints. So its boastful, pompous words are actually against you as Christians. Right? This is the key. So this boastful beast that is this kingdom, um, this um, mechanical kingdom, actually will boast speak against you and against God's anointed, right? And will actually, what's the other note here? Will prevail against them. So it will seem as if that that little horn with the eyes and mouth speaking boastful words will defeat them until the Ancient of Days came and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High, right? So um, it will seem as if this fourth beast with its horn speaking pompous words um, is winning until the Day of Judgment, So what should this Declaration of Judgment remind us of? Of course, the um, Article 4 of the Osborne Confession, justification, right? That declaration that we are righteous for the sake of Christ who has defeated the evil one. And the fourth beast, what was notable about here, it's a fourth kingdom that um, is different than all the other kingdoms, that one that will devour the whole earth, all right? So when I speak against globalism, I'm speaking against the fourth beast, all right? This great beast with its ten kingdoms that tries to rule over the entire earth, right? It's demonic, it's antichrist. Ten kings that come from the fourth kingdom, of course, are the ten horns. The last horn is another king who would arise and subdue three kings, kind of veiled as to what that means. Um, But it says specifically what the pompous words are now in verse 25, right? Against the Most High, persecuting his saints and trying, note here, this is key, change times and law, all right? So think about the pompous things that people say today. Well, there is no male and female, but there's just gender fluidity. That's speaking against God's law, right? Murder is fine, right? Whether it's self, you know, self-murder, self right? Um, that would be eugenics or um, um, end-of-life issues, right? Or uh, murder of children in the womb is fine, right? Speaking against God's command, you shall not murder. Mm-hmm. Those are just two examples, but there's many more, right? And times, right? Which is also uh, a little interesting. But note here, (laughs) this is a hard word to hear. This fourth globalist beast, um, we will, the saints will be given into his hand for a time and times and half a time, right? The Lord has said it. Uh, We talked about this last night. It's been a repeated theme here for the last, oh, a couple years, really, in that um, the things that we suffer the experiences of our life are given to us for our repentance, for the forgiveness of sins. We're allowed to suffer them for the sake of faith, that we trust in God who will see us through. But we can only have such trust if attached um, to our suffering is a word of promise. All right? 
a word of promise, right? And that's what the vision's gonna do here. The court was seated. And again, what's the promise? Even though we're gonna be given over into this beast, the court is seated, the ancient days takes away his dominion and consumes and destroys forever, right? No matter how much um, the earth, mankind rages against God um, and even seeks to do another kind of Tower of Babel moment where we all work together in harmony um, against God and against God's anointed Jesus, it will not, it might last for a while, um, but it will not win in the end. God does. Hmm. When did the court, when was the court actually set, um, seated in judgment? All right, we can look forward to the last day when it happened, but it's actually already happened as well, <laughs> or even more so. The judgment of God against sin, against sinful man, against all the kingdoms of this world, it happened at the cross when Christ was crucified in our place and we were declared righteous by his resurrection. So that no matter what we experience now, and even as much as what Daniel's vision, you know, echoes in our minds and we see it, I can't help but see it, trust in your baptism, trust in the work that Christ has already accomplished, that the judgment has been rendered and um, these kingdoms will be destroyed forever. And set up in its place will be a kingdom that never ends, right? Right, Christ's kingdom. Uh, Chris asks in the chat here, do you think when we read these things, um, are what God is telling us is now and to come. Yeah. Um, this is how I explained it to the children, and I think this is really an important uh, point. We're going to do this in the meditation here in a moment as well. Um, in that, the reason why um, Daniel is given this vision is for his sake, but also for our sakes. Right. Same thing goes with the Ezekiel and the craziness that we saw there. Um, or when we read, say, John's Apocalypse, it's written for the comfort of God's people. Right? That doesn't mean that it's always completely clear what's going on, um, it, it, it might also mean that, that it um, is to be interpreted in kind of a general sense. So, you know, we're always fighting against this fourth beast in a way, and we have been since maybe the fourth beast was, uh, say, the Church of Rome, for example. I think that's pretty clear. We'll talk about that in a moment. But, um, but it also could be what we're seeing now. Uh, and maybe what we're seeing now is really only the second beast, you know, the bear that devours. And then there's the, then there's the third and fourth beast. I mean... It's hard to know that, but the key is the conclusion, right? That we not lose the end. The court is seated. They shall take away his dominion to consume it and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. All right. So no matter what happens, that's the word of comfort. Christ wins. So, yeah, I think we're supposed to actually see these things happening amongst us. Maybe one-to-one, -one, maybe not, maybe just in a general sense. That part's not actually all that terribly important, right? People sometimes ask me, well, what's the mark of the beast? You know, John uses that. Um, is it the shot or is it something else? Who knows, right? Um, maybe it's many things. The fact of the matter is, is that Jesus wins, right? Yeah. So, meditation then. Four winds and four beasts recall Daniel's interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream and repeat its essential message. Like the vision of Ezekiel, Daniel's vision includes beasts, which were often symbols of Gentile nations. Daniel's vision here, however, is not identical to Ezekiel's vision. The beasts in Daniel's vision represent those who would rule over the four winds or corners of the earth. The ten horns of the last beast portray the fullness of the emperors who would rule over the Roman Empire. The boastful horn portrays the Roman rulers who set themselves in the place of the divine and oppose Christ himself. Yet, though these kingdoms exercise great power, the ancient of days, God the Father, 
shall send one like the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, to establish his kingdom of eternal peace. The kingdoms of this world, led by the Antichrist, oppose Jesus, but Jesus will hand over heaven to his saints. Thus, God comforts Daniel and us once more with the message of the kingdom that is not of this world and has no earthly boundaries. Though we live under persecution, famine, or sword, we rest in the confidence that his kingdom is the true eternal kingdom and that it shall be freely bestowed on us for the sake of Christ. All right. We pray the catechism, right? What is the sacrament of the altar? Say it with me. It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ under the bread and wine instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and to drink. Where is this written? The holy evangelists Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul write, Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Who receives this sacrament worthily? Fasting and bodily preparation are certainly fine outward training, but that person is truly worthy and well-prepared who has faith in these words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. But anyone who does not believe these words or doubts them is unworthy and unprepared, for the words for you require all hearts to believe. All right. Ah, we're going late again. All right. Let's pray the collect for this week. Got some long readings this week. Let's pray. O Lord, mercifully hear our prayers, and having set us free from the bonds of our sins, deliver us from every evil. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for the church and her pastors, for missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, and other servants of Christ in his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray this day with Bryce, who celebrates his birthday. We pray for the households of our church, especially this week with Jackie, Jared, and Michelle, Doug and Lisa, Brandon and Valerie, Justin and Doug. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Bev, Kelsey, Amanda, Dan, Brad, Timothy, and Janice, Ken, Norm, Lydia, Kathy, Jim, Mike, and Donna. We pray for our homebound, Bev, Willis, Mickey, Paul, and, yep, that's it, and Ed. I think I missed Ed. We pray for our mission of the month, Camp Luisimo. We pray an intercession for our relatives and benefactors that the Lord would bless them and care for them. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
Amen. All right. Uh, if you were in church last night, you got to sing this completely. Uh, let's sing stanzas one through three this morning. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation at Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. I hope this was a comfort to you, um, just like John's Apocalypse, so uh, Daniel's and so Ezekiel's. Uh, these visions are given for your comfort, right? Just as we heard here, for comfort and trust to help us wait with patience, all right? Yes, we know what's going to come upon us, right? That doesn't. <laughs> That's why Jesus can say things like, um, you know, fear and foreboding comes upon the world, but for you, look up for your redemption is drawing near when you see these things taking place, okay? Uh, and that's the key. Jesus gives us the interpretive key to understand how to approach these visions. All right, so um, let's see, tomorrow will be Friday, so you can join us again. For more Congregation of Prayer, tomorrow we're going to uh, hear Daniel's prayer, uh, and this is going to be in the first year of Darius, right? So now we'll be under the uh, the Medes. All right, with that, I'll bid you a fond farewell. We'll see you later uh, soon, I guess. I was going to say for lunch, but uh, I don't want to make any promises. <laughs> All right, we'll see you later.